tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hey, it's Kim Commando today, your daily podcast to keep you up to date with all things digital and beyond. And I'd love to have you be a part of our podcast. You can make an appointment to speak with me. Just head over to commando.com and on the top right, there's a button that says email Kim, fill that out and that's it. I always like to start with something interesting. And so what's the worst thing that you've ever done in a Zoom meeting? Okay, maybe just not pay attention. Well, listen to this new research from the folks over at Jugo, which is a virtual meeting platform. They say that some folks are getting jiggy with it. That's right. Here's a number for you, 13%. That's the percentage of people who say that they've had sex while in a virtual meeting. Okay. I hope they were on mute. Uh, other bad Zoom meeting behavior, picking your nose, 25%. Taking a nap, 22%. Working out, 23%. Okay. We all sit there and wonder why bosses are wanting to take away work-at-home privileges. That's just an example. And on that happy note, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this. It's uh, America's largest show, the most trusted show about all things digital. I'm, of course, Kim Commando, America's beloved digital goddess here with you once again. And if you're a brand new listener to the show, hey, what took you so long? But we're so glad that you're here. And if you're already a listener, welcome back. And you can find my award-winning show on over 420 top stations throughout the United States. And we're also streaming commercial-free as a podcast, as a webcast over at commando.com. In the upper right-hand corner of the homepage, just hit that big old yellow button that says Commando Community. And yes, I said commercial-free. And a big hello and salute goes out to all of our listeners on the American Forces Network Radio, reaching over 375,000 U.S. service members serving in 175 countries and 200 ships at sea get the Kim Commando Show. I just love that. And I'm sure you have at least one or two or 12 questions about something digital I can lend a hand to. And our T-Mobile Unlimited listener line at one 825 is wide open for you right now to just give us a call. And if you need immediate tech support, I'm talking about somebody actually hold your hand through your technical issues. Uh, that's when you want to reach out to my team of experts over at GetKimsHelp.com. Once again, that's GetKimsHelp.com. And I'd like to thank Simply Safe for helping to make this show possible. Simply Safe's advanced new smoke and CO detector knows the difference between someone burning dinner, uh, that was me the other night, nightmare, and an actual house fire. Right now, you can save 20% on a new system with interactive monitoring at simplysafekim.com. Once again, that address is simplysafekim.com. Every single day, I head out to about 30 different websites to make sure that we're both up to date on all things digital. And let's start with five things that you need to know about tech that are happening right now. And let's start with your data. It's for sale, right? You know this. I mean, if you ever used a computer, your phone, tablet, app, your info is for sale by these data brokers online for just about anyone to buy. So what's up for grabs? Mm, pretty much everything. Your name, your address, your phone number, your IP address, financial details, what you like, what you don't like, things that you've looked up on Google. Now, what if I told you that the U.S. government was buying up all this data? Would you be worried? The answer is yes. Some bad news. A U.S. spy agency report says that the United States government is buying information from commercial data brokers and on a huge scale. It turns out that intelligence agencies like, of course, the FBI, the NSA, CIA, 
They've been busy collecting huge amounts of what they like to call CAI for short. Hmm, the CIA is, by, is buying CAI. CAI is commercially available information. So what amount of data do they have on you and what it's being used for? No one really knows, but the CIA includes things like your car, your phone, your TV, your web browser, anything that you are doing on any device. So what can you do about it? Uh, probably nothing. You can get off the grid and you can get off the internet. You can use no devices. Yeah, pretty fun times we're living in here. Uh, next on our list is number two, how to get out of Facebook jail. A guy in Georgia by the name of Jason Crawford, he wakes up one morning, he taps on his Facebook app, and wow, he's been locked out. He just has a notification that he has violated child exploitation rules. Okay, he's like, I've never done anything like this. So he reaches out to Facebook, and of course, he found it impossible to talk to any human being. And so the only way to make a written appeal to Facebook is through your own profile, which, of course, he has no longer access to. So all of his photos, his memories, his connections, everything all stored on Facebook is all gone, and obviously he wants back in. But Jason just happens to be a lawyer. So he says, okay, Facebook doesn't want to talk, so let's take this to court. So he sues Facebook, and he says that they're negligent. They locked him out of his account even though he didn't do anything, and they gave him no way to appeal it. So Facebook did not respond to the lawsuit, which was filed back in August of 2022. So by default, Jason won the case. And the judge ordered Facebook to pony up 50 grand. Now, of course, Facebook, they finally got Jason's message and they hit him up and they say, your account was hacked and poof, his account's back. And now Facebook's saying, we're not going to pay you 50 grand. <laughs> we'll see if that happens. All right. Number three on our list. This is actually really frightening. The suicide hotline saves a ton of lives. It's anonymous for anyone seeking help in an obvious time of crisis. Now, if you call the number directly on your phone, your information remains confidential and safe. Oh, man, talk about data. Now, if you're seeking help online during a crisis, there's something you need to know. Websites across the country promising anonymity for visitors seeking help. Turns out that they've been quietly sending sensitive visitor data to none other than Facebook. This comes from an investigation conducted by The Markup. They ran tests on 186 different websites, all linked to the National 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. They found more than 30 crisis center websites sending this data to Facebook. And how did this happen? There's a tool called the Metapixel. When you're on these sites and you click to dial the crisis hotline, that click gets tracked and sent to Facebook. So every time someone was trying to call for help, Facebook was also getting a ping too. Isn't that just horrible? Uh, number four on our list, this is pretty high level, so I need you to put on your thinking cap, okay? Researchers have found a tricky new way to un uncover cryptographic keys from up to 60 feet away using LED lights. Okay, you're like, okay, what was that? Okay. Here's what the cybersecurity researchers at Ben Gurion University found. When a device is using a secret code, it actually gives off signals. Now, this is very complex. But what they found is that there's a way that hackers can listen into these signals and figure out what the code is just by looking at the device's power lights. Okay. So the researchers used a security cam to take a video of a tiny light on a card reader, the on and off light. Now, from this video, they were able to figure out the secret code used to secure the card's info when an encrypted key was transferred. Okay. So if you're sitting there saying, Oh my gosh, Kim Camino, I have no idea what you just said. Okay. 
bottom line is that all these devices that we think are really super secure, they're not because a hacker can always find a way to hack. And lastly, this coming in at number five, what is love and who am I? What do dreams mean? Is a hot dog a sandwich? Okay. These are questions that have no real answers. These are the questions that have left great philosophers for centuries perplexed, especially the one about, is a hot dog a sandwich? Now, these are the questions that a lot of people are asking Google. According to a new study from Digital Third Coast, turns out that most of us ask Google a question 10 times a day. And 31%, we go on there and we ask an existential question about life. So the top questions that we plop into there that are existential, why is the sky blue? What is the meaning of life? What do dreams really mean? Why am I so tired? Imagine asking Google, who am I? What came first, the chicken or the egg? What should I do? Do animals have souls? Okay, why are we asking Google these questions anyway? Now, a little bit more to the study. The top reasons they say, we get unbiased answers. We can't ask these questions to a human. We want companionship. Uh, another troubling stat is 21% of people polled trust Google's advice over their family members and friends. Oh, isn't that terrible? Well, this just reminds me of a question. It's been around for a long time. Maybe you've heard about it. What is the burning question on the mind of every dyslexic existentialist? What is that burning question? You ready for it? Is there a dog? Okay. All right. If you're dyslexic, don't be sending me any notes. It was just a joke. I was not making fun of you. Some of my best friends are dyslexic. Just letting you know. All right. Coming up in our privacy tip, how you need to get photos of your house off of these real estate websites. We have some signs that your phone is tapped. We have some uh, true story movies that you might want to stream that you don't want to miss. And of course, we have all of your great phone calls. And you have me, Kim Commando. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hey, if you're just too dang shy to call our T-Mobile Unlimited listener line at one 825 5254 you can always drop me your questions over on the website. That's commando.com. And in the upper right-hand corner, there's a link that says Email Kim. And just one more thing before we get started with all of our great phone calls is that if you haven't already checked out our new newsletters, do so right now while you're thinking about it. Sign up over at getkim.com. That's getkim.com in less than five minutes a day. You'll be up to date on everything that's happening in the consumer tech world. That's getkim.com. Okay, it's a big question. Are we alone? Now, I'm sure you've asked yourself that once or twice. And there are actually people in the world who study this and they go out and they try to figure it all out. It's called SETI, the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence Institute. It's been around for a while. It's actually been in operation since 1985. Carl Sagan was on its board of trustees at one point, and it has over 100 scientists and researchers all trying to track down intelligent life in this big universe. And today, oh, I'm so thrilled, we're going to actually speak to one of those scientists. Dr. Seth Shostak has been fascinated with extraterrestrial life, he says since he was about 10 years old. He's now a senior astronomer for the SETI Institute, 
the recipient of the Carl Sagan Award for the Popularization of Science. Hmm, I was just in the Radio Hall of Fame, but this sounds so much better to be the recipient of the Carl Sagan Award. Uh, speaking of radio, he's also the host of SETI's radio show and podcast, Big Picture Science, and he's the author of a book, Confessions of an Alien Hunter. So, you know, he's the best person around to tell us if we're alone or not. So, Dr. Shostak, um, let me just ask you that. Are we alone? Well, Tim, I may be the best person to tell you, but I can't tell you because we don't know. Uh, we have not found any evidence that we have some cosmic company, but uh, personally it would be an enormous surprise if it turned out that Earth was the only the only place in the universe inhabited by thinking beings. I think we have a lot of company, but we haven't yet, we haven't yet found it. You know, we all have these visions of what an extraterrestrial would look like. What do you think? Well, well, I think that most of the ideas we have about how the aliens might appear is based on how we figure, you know, Homo sapiens might look like a million years from now, right? What will evolution eventually mm -hmm. produce? And, you know, in for the movies, it's usually some creature that looks vaguely like your, your uncle, but has a much bigger head with a much bigger brain. Uh, that's Hollywood. But in fact, you know, we're inventing our successors on this planet right now. We're, we're, you know, inventing more and more capable artificial intelligence. So I figure that the aliens, any that we pick up, uh, which are, are who are going to be more advanced than we are, they'll look like a machine. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that's that's interesting to me because we're all obsessed now with artificial intelligence, right? And what it's going to do to our society and if we're going to end up not on the planet anymore. Um, but I'd like to ask you about... Uh, any signals or observations that SETI has detected to date? Well, we pick up signals all the time. If you turn on our equipment, which consists of a, an array of antennas, they're reasonably large. They're about, uh, what, they're, uh, they're six meters in diameter. So they're about 20 feet in diameter. If you had one of these things in your backyard, the neighbors would probably complain. They're not huge, but they are reasonably large. But we have a lot of them. We have 42 of them, and uh, we use them to try and pick up signals that aliens might be broadcasting into space. So that's what we do. But unfortunately, we haven't heard anybody so far. We pick up the signals of Earthlings. You know, you turn this thing on and within 10 minutes, you've probably logged 100 different signals. But they're all, once they're checked out, they're all due to our activities, not to alien activities. You know, I remember reading a story where the United States government actually launched into space. It was a picture of a male and a female. I, I think it was done, I don't know, several years ago. Tell us more about that. Yeah, that was in the 1970s, I believe, when the Pioneer spacecraft went to the outer solar system. It was the first time we'd sent any hardware that far away. And uh, somebody said, you know, who knows, this thing is going to go out and look at the planets of the outer solar system, but it's just going to keep going. It's not going to land anywhere. It just keeps going, right? And so it's conceivable that in the future, some aliens may pick up this thing. They may find it and, you know, bring it down to their planet or whatever, put it in a museum, <laughs> whatever they're going to do with it. We ought to put a builder's plate on it. So they did. It's, it's something about the size of a license plate. Uh, it's a little more elegantly engraved, but it shows a picture of a man and a woman, both of whom are nude. This caused a lot of problems for uh, NASA by the way, sending pornography into space, but has a, a man and a woman, and then has a bunch of uh, other numbers and figures that tell the aliens that pick this up 
assuming any do, uh, something about, you know, how many people are here on Earth and what we're like and what our biochemistry is and stuff like that. So it's kind of a greeting card sent into space. What does your gut tell you and all the research that you've done? I mean, what do, what do we really have out there? Well, look, what my gut tells me is usually not important unless, you know, it means it's dinner time. Then, then I appreciate uh, the <laughs> message. But in fact, I think that they're out there. But of course, if they're not out there, then there's no point in doing the kind of work that we do here. But that would be really remarkable because if Earth is the only planet where there's intelligent life, there's something wrong. And what's wrong is that we know now something we didn't know when all this started that there are literally trillions, there are a trillion planets, that's with a T, trillion planets just in our galaxy, and we can photograph 200 billion other galaxies, each with a trillion planets. Now, those numbers are getting to be kind of large when you multiply the two together, but that's the number of, if you will, uh, you know, planets in the visible universe. And out of every set of planets, maybe one in three sets, has a planet more or less the same size as the Earth, and the same average temperature as the Earth. So those planets could have oceans and may have cooked up life. Now, maybe most of them don't. We don't know. But it's hard to believe that none of them do. And the, the consequence is simply because of this enormous amount of real estate in the cosmos. We kind of figured that there must be company out there. All right, Dr. Shostak, this is just great. And I know that so many of us are just fascinated by the idea of aliens coming to check out what we're doing here on Earth. How we're all sitting here on TikTok and Facebook. I mean, they're being, probably be like, oh my gosh, what's going on there? I looked up some stats. About 20% of Americans think that UFOs were probably an alien ship or alien life form. That was back in 1996. In 2022, that number jumped 34%. But 70% of all Americans actually think that aliens exist. I'm raising my hand because I am one of them. Now, what are they like? And if they are out there, how do we really know? Well, according to a poll, most U.S. adults think that it's pretty unlikely that they're going to be like these green monsters of sci-fi stories. Most of us believe that they're more technologically advanced than humans. Now, here's the deal. We have to take a quick break to pay some bills around here. I mean, our internet bills and our payroll and our taxes and all that other good stuff. So we have to play a few commercials. But when we come back, doctor, I really want to delve deeper into this with you. I want to know what are your thoughts on why we haven't heard from these ETs, these aliens yet? I mean, why aren't they just coming down and saying, hey, this is us and this is what we've got going on? So, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to stay with us because you don't want to miss this. This is a great topic. I know that you're going to want to learn more about it. And, of course, we have more of your phone calls as well coming up. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Now, if you're just joining us, let me tell you, you've actually missed out on a great conversation. We've been talking to the great Dr. Seth Shostak. Now, 
Dr. Shostak, he is world-renowned. He's the senior astronomer for the SETI Institute. He's a recipient of the Carl Sagan Award for the popularization of science. He's the host of SETI's radio show and podcast, Big Picture Science. And he's also the author of a book, Confessions of an Alien Hunter. Why do you think we have never heard from any other planet? Well, there are a couple of possibilities. I mean, one is that they just don't want to get in touch. Uh, that That's saying something about their thought processes for which we have no evidence. So I don't know about that. I think the real reason is that uh, we haven't been around long enough. We haven't been able to hear from them. Uh, only recently, really, the first SETI experiment, you know, which was conducted by this uh, young astronomer, Frank Drake, in West Virginia, was in 1960. That isn't so long ago. That's 60-some years ago. But that was the first attempt to try and eavesdrop on the aliens. Uh, So we've only been listening for a relatively short period of time. The fact that we haven't heard them so far doesn't, to my mind, mean much of anything. I mean, you can go into your backyard and look around for, I don't know, gorillas, but the chances are you're not going to see them. Not because they don't exist, but because you're looking in in the wrong place and only for a short period of time. You know, given a 50 million years, maybe the gorillas would make it to your backyard. But the, the point is that this is a very incomplete search so far. So you mentioned these antennas uh, that are searching for signals. How do they how will they know when they find one? Well, that that's a really a legitimate question, because we do pick up signals all the time. And what we use as a discriminant, how we sort of distinguish uh, the wrong signals from the right signal, is that the wrong signals will, you know, stay fixed. No matter where you point your antenna, you'll, you'll pick up those signals, right? Because they're very strong. They're due to radar or, you know, other activities of homo sapiens. But if you find a signal coming from a, what seems to be a patch on the sky, well, how do you verify it? You move the antenna a little bit and the signal should go away because you're not pointed at it anymore. And then you move it back to where you were pointed and see if the signal comes back. That generally will, you know, throw out all the signals that are made by humans because the human signals are so much stronger. They're, they're from transmitters right here on Earth. So I, I don't think that that's a big problem. But in the end, if you really thought you had picked up ET on the line there, what you would do is call up some people at another observatory, maybe, you know, in Europe or South America or wherever, and tell them the coordinates of where you're looking on this guy and say, look, you guys look, you know, check it out and see if you pick up the signal. I don't think you would believe it if you, you know, couldn't do that and verify that the signal was not just a bug in your software or something rather prosaic. That's, that's true. You know, you mentioned the government. And of course, I, all eyes are pointing to Area 51. Have you been there? I've been near to Area 51. In fact, last week I was in Palm Springs, which isn't terribly far from Area 51, but it has, you know, better food. Of course it does. Um, what what do you think of Area 51? What do you think of all the, the conspiracy theories and rumors that surround that area? Well, America loves conspiracy theories. They just love to think that the government has important information that it's keeping from you. If the aliens were transmitting something to us, or more dramatically, if they were visiting Earth, You can be sure that it wouldn't just be the U.S. government that knew about Mm -hmm. that, right? The governments around Mm -hmm. the world would know about it. We have 850 satellites, you know, observing the Earth, and they're able to read the headline on a newspaper, even from 200 miles up. And they're not all American satellites, and they're not all government satellites, right? I mean, the evidence would be very obvious. It would be like asking, uh, you know, the uh, Native Americans of New England, 
1500, you know, do you think uh, Europeans are visiting you? Well, they could they could see, they could say yes with some confidence. They said, just walk down the road here and you'll find yeah. some of them. Right. So yeah. I, I don't th- I don't think we could cover that up. Uh, it, it's a nice idea and it makes a good, you know, uh, television, but it's not true. And and even today, it would be all over social media. OK, it would just be um, one last question, doctor. What are the implications? What do you think for humanity if we do eventually find evidence of alien life? Well, you might be put in touch with a society that's very much more advanced than ours is. So they might have interesting things to tell you, like, you know, this is the real history of the cosmos or here's the cure for death or something, something useful. That's an optimistic scenario that might happen. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't count on it. But I, th- I think you can count on the minimum that we would learn from such a detection of an alien signal. And that is that we're not the only kids around. Right that the universe is filled with life, not just life, but intelligent life has sprung up occasionally too. And I think just knowing that would be a very interesting thing for our uh, descendants to know. Well, you're just fabulous, doctor. You are. Thanks for being here. (laughs) Thank you, Kim. It's a real pleasure. All right. This sounds like a joke, but it's not. I don't know if you heard about this recently. We actually wrote about it in one of our newsletters about an hour Uh, After Las Vegas police witnessed an unidentified object falling from the sky, a Las Vegas man reportedly saw what he said, a 10-foot-tall extraterrestrial in his backyard with big, shiny eyes. So the police came over and they said, oh, totally unfounded. But in case you want to see the the video from the police is that we have it posted over at commando.com in the video section. And you might be saying, you know, I know why aliens don't visit Earth, Kim Commando. I do know why. And the reason is because we only have a one-star rating. (laughs) All right. Hey, uh, in case you're looking for something to stream this weekend, I'm going to tell you, I'm just a sucker for true stories. And here are a few that I've seen lately. Uh, one is called The Greatest Beer Run Ever. It's a true story. It took place in 1967 when John Chicky Donahue, he leaves New York City. It's a great story. He tracks down his army buddies in Vietnam to share a few beers with them. And it stars Zac Efron and Russell Crowe. Once again, it's called The Greatest Beer Run Ever. Uh, the Fablements recounts Steven Spielberg's childhood. Uh, of course, he has a passion for making movies. Uh, next on my list is Elvis. <laughs> it's been out for a while. It's an amazing movie. Uh, Baz Luhrmann explores Elvis's rise to superstardom and also Colonel Tom Parker, who, let me tell you, you're just going to hate the guy by the end of the movie. Uh, Blonde looks at the rise and demise of actress Marilyn Monroe, of course. Uh, Because I Love Cars, coming in at number five in our list, is Lamborghini. It's a great story. But a spoiler, uh, Enzo Ferrari told him that he's never, ever going to succeed. And there's also one more I'm going to add to the list because I recently saw this one too, and it is a true story. It's called Blackberry. Yes, you remember the Blackberry? This one talks about the rise and fall of the Blackberry. And it's really interesting to me what happens behind the scenes because, of course, you know, we were all there when Steve Jobs comes out with the iPhone and Blackberry's like, but everybody's still going to want the keyboard. They're going to want the, those chiclets. They're going to want to have that tactile response. And then BlackBerry's like, hmm, maybe not. So we should come out with a BlackBerry that just has a keyboard screen, which they did. And we know that that did not work. But anyway, these are some ideas for some movies if you're looking for something fun to stream this weekend. And let's go ahead and do our privacy tip right now. And this week is brought to us by Total AV. All right, if you're not trying to sell your home, there's no reason to leave all these interior photos and other details on various real estate websites like 
Realtor, Redfin, and Zillow. There's a lot of privacy issues with that, and it makes your home a target for cyber criminals. Now, of course, when you're listing your home, sellers want you to have everything in there, floor plans, furnishings, appliances. But I don't know if anybody really needs to know about that expensive Persian rug or see every entry point in every room or to see where all the security pads are for your alarm system. So you might assume that your real estate agent or seller would remove the home's info. Mm, Not so much. So what you want to do is make sure that you take the extra steps. Uh, Now, if your home is in the MLS, only the broker can remove that listing from the MLS. So just make sure you reach out to your sales agent, your realtor, broker, whoever it is, who subscribes to the MLS and make sure that they take that out. Next, what I want you to do is to remove your home from Zillow. Now, the steps on how to do this, not so complicated, but we do have them all written out for you to make things super easy, but not just at Zillow because you're going to go claim your home. And then at Realtor.com, you're going to go to Realtor.com slash my home. And then at Redfin, they have their own way to do that. But we have all the steps that you need to claim your home because that's the first step in removing information and photos. And then at the sites, like I said, Realtor, uh, Zillow, and Redfin. Just one more thing about these sites is that if you have an empty plot of land, a lot of scammers are going after that so that they are buying and selling land that they don't even own. So what you want to do is make sure that you claim any type of vacant lot, any type of vacant land that you have. So if there's ever a status change in this, that you're automatically notified. You can find links to all of these over at commando.com. And when you're there, just hit the link that says show picks. All right. Still to come, we have more of your phone calls, as well as some signs that your phone may be tapped here on Kim Commando today. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Now, if you're not already following us on social media, what the heck are you waiting for? And if you are ghosting us on social media, just stop it already. Because when you're ghosting, you don't get automatic notifications. So whether you're on, say, Twitter or Facebook, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, or even on YouTube, we're everywhere at Kim Commando. Once again, that's at Kim Commando. And in case you're curious, um, actually, I don't think the pretty, I think the photos are actually pretty, is that, as you know, I had a cornea transplant, uh, let's see, three weeks ago now, and I've been posting pictures of my progress, and you can see all the stitches, and it's just a beautiful job over at Instagram.com slash Kim Commando. Once again, that's Instagram.com slash Kim Commando. And back to the phones we go with Heath. Hello, Miss Kim. Hello, Miss Kim. So good to hear you, and always good to listen to your show. I own a small business. I'm the owner, and uh, I've always I, I'm trying to get more individualized advertisement in my in my company. And mm-hmm. I was wanting your opinion on how I could do text message advertising. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, what kind What kind of business do you have? I am a auctioneer, real estate agent. Now, here's the reason why I'm not a big proponent of text message advertising because people. We all look at our cell phones as if it's part of us, and a lot of it's an annoyance. Uh, and especially now, because we have so many so many text frauds that are going in, mm-hmm. that uh, I would rather that we talk about other marketing 
methods that I do know to be more effective? Because I just don't want you to waste your money. Yeah. Um, are you trying to get business for, obviously, real estate that you have listed and auctions that you're having? Is that it? Well, uh, let me let me get more detail on what I'm saying then. Um, when I host an auction, I have a client list that's already pre-registered for the online auction. Oh, okay. And so my, my, my problem is, is 30, 40% of them forget the day of the auction. So I'm trying to like, well, if I can get in their I see. phone or in their head okay. the last hour, you know, just to gear it in, you know, they'll remember. Okay, I understand. Okay. And so I'm trying yeah, to. Yeah, I see. Okay. Um, are you using auction management software? Uh, yes, ma'am. Okay. Does that... Not that particular company, but yes. Okay, because some, some of these programs like AuctionFlex or BidPath or ProxyBid is that they have uh, text messaging uh, functionality so that this way you could send out bid reminders, auction alerts, notifications to your registered bidders. So I'm just wondering if maybe the program that you have already has the already has these capabilities so you don't have to come up with another list of names and phone numbers and then try to manage that as well. Because that can be a bit of a nightmare yeah. because if somebody changes a phone number or if they, they block you or they say it's junk or whatever it may be, is that going through this one by one would be, like I said, it's, it's very, very time consuming. And so that's where you want to use programs like I mentioned. If you want to check it out, it's like Auction Flex, uh, Bid Path, or Proxy mm-hmm. Bid. Now, if you say, well, you know what, I really only have a dozen people that are going to go to the auction or participate in the auction that actually have bank money to spend, right? So if mm-hmm. if that's the case, then there's uh, a company called Twilio. That's T-W-I-L-I-O. Uh, they've been around for a long time. They don't charge very much. I think it's like .0079 per text or something like that. Uh, and that's they're they're probably the biggest company out there. And another one's called Easy Texting. And you know all this said with texting. Do you have a? a are you doing any type of email marketing? Uh, yes, ma'am. I, I've incorporated that a little bit, and and I am with AuctionFlex that does incorporate email reminders. It's just it's slow compared to what the phone can do for me. I, in my opinion. Oh, okay. All right. I, you know, I totally get that because, you know, you're dealing in real-time money. A, a good friend of mine runs Barrett-Jackson car auctions, which is just yeah. huge, right? Uh, and Craig took me all around the auction a couple of years ago to show me all the technology that he's got going on between taking online bidders and phones. And it's just like yeah. – oh, yeah. It's just, it's just, it, I mean, that is just an art process, the whole thing from start to finish, how that whole process works. Um, so that said, look at Trulio, or you mentioned that you're already using Auction Flex. Uh, they do have text messaging features for sending these notifications, the big confirmations, and the important updates. So uh, if you can't get that to work or it's just not fast enough, take a look at that Trulio because I think that's probably going to be the next best solution for you. And Heath, thank you for your call. Now, one thing you need to know about sending text messages to customers is something called the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, the TCPA. What this means is that marketers, meaning you, you have to receive express written consent before sending promotional messages to your customers. So how do you get that consent? Well, you can do it a few ways. Uh, You can ask your customers to opt in by texting a keyword to a short code. They could fill out a, a form online. But I will tell you that most people 
are so protective, including myself, of text messages in our phone. It's so intrusive when somebody just pops in with a text to say that they have this new thing or that coming on or even a coupon. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big proponent of text messaging spam advertising. I'll tell you that right now. Okay, have you ever wondered if your phone is tapped, that someone's actually listening to your calls? They're seeing all your text messages, your photos, and they know everywhere you go. Well, let's start with your phone's battery. If it's draining faster than usual, it's hot to the touch, say yes, and your phone could be tapped. Next up, your data usage just skyrockets, but you didn't download a whole bunch of new apps and you're not watching videos. Maybe you start seeing strange things. It's like pop-up ads, an app appears that you didn't download. You get a weird text message just full of numbers or letters. Yeah, there's your sign. Uh, next, your phone starts lagging, taking slower to open apps, videos, get your email. You reboot it, but it's still slow. And finally, websites look different on your phone. Logos are pixelated, they're stretched. Something strange should be and could be going on. Now, if your phone is tapped, what do you do? You back up all your important data, and then you have to do a complete factory reset. I know it's not fun, but that's what you need to do. Hey, be sure to tell three friends about the Kim Commando Show and our Kim Commando Today podcast because knowledge is power, and you can find me at commando.com. This program is a copyrighted production of Westar Multimedia Entertainment and protected by the copyright laws. Any rebroadcast or use of this program for commercial, business, economic, or financial purposes without the written permission of Westar Multimedia Entertainment is strictly prohibited. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 